Welcome back to the All Things Gymnastics Podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Brittany. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things gymnastics. And this week we discuss week one of the 2022 NCAA gymnastics season. We share our insight from the Michigan versus Georgia meet, which we were there commentating and you'll hear all about that, as well as our thoughts on some of the other top meets from the weekend. Although just a little disclaimer, we did record this episode on Saturday, so unfortunately won't be discussing the Alabama-Oklahoma meet in this episode, but we'll definitely touch on them in the next one. We'll get into the episode in just a moment, but first we want to thank our Gold Level Patreon supporters. A big thank you to Kathleen R, Amy M, Lucy S, Kevin K, Maya A, Becca S, Nina L, DFP, Blake B, Elaine E, Rydog, Cookie Master, Faith M, Kristen R, Lori S, Sabrina M, Amy C, and Erica S. Thank you all for continuing to support our show each month at the highest tier level. If you enjoy our podcast and you want to show your support, we'll have a link down below to our Patreon where you can find out more about each tier level. We love you guys so much. Thank you again, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. And of course, happy NCAA gymnastics season. The time has finally come, my friends. College gymnastics is back in full swing. Kind and- of. <laughs> well, yeah, actually, let me backtrack. It's not back in full swing. It's back in a very chaotic swing. The first week of college gymnastics, COVID is completely... Turned everything upside down. Yeah, a lot of teams had to cancel their first meets, which was probably kind of to be expected. Um, especially coming out of the holiday break. Um, I think we could probably have predicted that this was going to happen. Yeah, a lot of people traveling, coming back to campus. A little bit scared for the rest of the season to see how things are going to unfold. I feel like every day that passes, I'm anticipating another team point out of a competition or someone has COVID. And it's just a really scary, not only a time to be alive right now, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that but scary for the athletes too and just having a college gymnastics season during all this it's all the uncertainty yeah it's a and lot even as a gymnastics fan like many of us play fantasy gymnastics and i know that in the grand scheme of things that's a very small problem to be worried it's very about trivial. yeah but like our entire we have three fantasy teams and i think two of them we're not even gonna have scores for this week because like half of our team is out unexpectedly yeah. well because so many teams didn't end up competing and like one of our teams we have a bunch of people from Oregon State and they pulled out of their meet and mm-hmm. yeah it's just hard to predict and that's going to be an ongoing issue for fantasy gym players this season is you know picking your lineups and then teams pulling out all the way up until the very start of the meet and there's really no way that you can predict that happening or plan for it so we're gonna see how this goes for the rest of the season. I'm excited that college gymnastics is back just for the sheer fact of it's one of the only things in life that brings me happiness. (laughs) Oh my God, that sounds so bad. But no, I mean, I'm excited about college gymnastics. I just wish that the world was in a better place. So we can enjoy it stress-free. Exactly. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. Brittany and I had our first broadcast together at Michigan. It was Michigan versus Georgia. I don't know if a lot of people listen to that. I kind of hope that they didn't. If you didn't, no worries. Um, we don't know who was broadcasting. It really wasn't that big of a meet. You don't have to go back and watch it. It's fine. <laughs> um, basically, we're joking, but we were very, very frustrated after the meet, just with the way things were handled on the production end of things with BTN Plus, and kind of feeling like 
we were, I don't want to say set up to fail because I don't think that was obviously anyone's intention. I don't don't think think it was was... a malicious thing or anything like that. This is how I perceive it. I'll put it this way. I'll preface it with that. I feel like them not viewing gymnastics as a sport that people care about, they don't give their all into the broadcast like they would with a sport like basketball or football. They just don't place that same level of interest or care into it. Yeah. And I think that shows, especially when you're kind of a part of the broadcast and you kind of see what goes on behind the scenes. Well, it's really funny because... As a gymnastics fan and someone who watches a lot of BTM Plus streams, not just from Michigan, but from all of the Big Ten schools, like we watch a lot of Big Ten meets, we've always associated BTM Plus with having really crappy streams. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, sometimes the commentary, it's the camera angles, it's the way the camera is moving, it's how they cut in and out of shots. It's them focusing on just the home team and not showing who they're up against. It's like, who makes these decisions? Right. And so we've seen it kind of more as the viewer before. And then now for the first time, me and Ashley were kind of on the other, not kind of, we literally were on the back end of it. And it was, we're going to be honest with you, it was really chaotic and messy right from the start. I was optimistic that perhaps the reason the streams were so shitty was because, you know, maybe they didn't have the best commentators or they needed someone to kind of help them figure out like what they should be doing with the broadcast because oftentimes it's run by students or it's run by people that just don't know the sport. Which is fine. Like yeah. we, we So we had a call, a Zoom call with the producers, the producer and the director, the day before. And they were saying that, like, they don't know, not that they didn't know what they were doing. I think they met in regards to, like, a gymnastics meet. It may have been their first time covering a gymnastics event. I Honestly, I don't really but know. But they basically said they were going to follow our lead, and we went as far as being Virgos. <laughs> this is big Virgo energy here, if you're into that kind of stuff. <laughs> we went as far as to, you know, make a Google Doc... Kind of laying out not only what Brittany and I's plan was as far as like the things that we wanted to talk about, but like ideas for graphics that be, could be shown on the screen and show this at this point, show this at that point. And we even timed out how long the rotations were, like the, the break in between event to event. Right. So we said, you know, after the national anthem, that, you know, Michigan's going to go to fall, Georgia's going to go to bars. There's going to be like a two minute warm up period. In between each rotation, I think there was roughly like six minutes because they have two minutes to rotate and there's four minutes to warm up. Yeah. We, we like outlined this all for them. So that way, like they knew exactly when to come back in. We said come in at like the one and a half minute mark before the event starts. Yeah, blah, 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 we blah. had timed out kind of roughly what we wanted to say, the conversations that we wanted to have. And that's what's really disheartening about it and hurtful, I guess, for me and Brittany um, is just thinking about the amount of work that we put into it. Like we were so prepared and so excited to do this. Like this is a big opportunity. I've, I isn't Ashley, I've commentated before. I've, this is my now third season commentating. It's Brittany's first time ever doing this. And, and I'm the one that got like really big screwed in the end. If you listen to it, like in the very beginning, we'll, we'll get into it, but I just, I'm frustrated by, you know, how much effort and time we spent preparing for this broadcast, you know, kind of even neglecting 
<laughs> you know, things around our apartment, like things that needed to be done that we weren't doing because we were trying to prepare for this and me not working as many hours at work because I'm trying to prepare for this. Like we, we take it so seriously. Yeah, we did a call with Myliana, the assistant coach at Michigan. We did a call with Courtney Kupetz Carter, obviously the head coach at Georgia, trying to get like information and storylines and backstories and updates and just things that we could share on the broadcast. And I just feel like we didn't even get to any of that. No. Because of all the chaos. And if you follow us on Twitter... You probably have seen, you know, kind of an explanation of what happened. Um, and we had a lot of people sending really nice messages. And shout out to Blake from Half and Half Out for going to bat for us. <laughs> He's he a was, real one. He was in the batting cage that whole night, like, not letting anybody talk shit about the broadcast. Which we really appreciate that. Because in that moment after the broadcast, we were calming down a little bit from it now but like we were so upset by it by how it went just because we know that we're capable of better the gymnastics team deserves better I mean there's just there's just so many things to be disappointed about with that and I think our feelings are valid in that but you know it's hard being the ones that are talking or being associated with the broadcast and have it go the way that it did yeah because at the end of the day you know it could be Everything wrong on the production end, but the ones that are going to sound stupid and the ones that people are going to leave nasty comments about online are the commentators. And that's that goes for any broadcast. Like it, The people that you hear or see on camera are the ones that get the hate. It's never the people behind the scenes. Yeah. And, you know, that's not an excuse. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm some elite commentator. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to act like I'm, like, elite and I'm the greatest thing ever. But but we came prepared and we were confident. I mean, you were, like, so passionate about this and ready to go. And the second that the broadcast started, my confidence... Actually, no, that's a lie. My, my confidence went down the drain before the broadcast started because yeah. of all the chaos and the way that I already could tell it was going to go. And I was trying to stay positive and think, like, you, you, we got this. Like, push through. Like, it'll be fine. And then yeah. within, like, uh, maybe, like, 30 seconds of me talking, it... Yeah. <laughs> so, basically, what happened... We'll just kind of briefly say what happened... Um, we were put up, so we got there, we got to Chrysler, which is where Michigan has their meets. We got there two and a half hours early and that was supposed to be for us to like get situated and test out mics and do all that. So we get there and they don't even know where we're sitting yet. They eventually decide that we're going to be sitting like way up in the upper bowl of Chrysler. Where no fans are even at. Like, no. It's so high up. There's, no, there's not even fans sitting yeah. up there. Which I'm like, whatever. Normally when I commentate, I've commentated for Eastern Michigan and Central Michigan we're down on the floor. Um, one year at Eastern, because of COVID, we were higher up, although their arena is not as big, so it's not, like, that high up. But either way, I could work with that. Yeah, we were totally cool with that, willing to work with it. The thing that got me was the fact that there was we were up that high and there was no monitors. So normally when you're commentating a meet, you have a screen in front of you and you can see exactly what the viewers are seeing. And that's important because that way you can comment on, like, little things that – you know, even deductions that you might not see from way up in the rafters or even like facial expressions or somebody that's on the screen that you want to comment on. Like it, it just or helps. something that they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it's helpful to be able to see what everyone at home is seeing. So we didn't have that. We were expected to do replays, like talk about, re like replays were on the screen and we were expected to like talk about it without knowing what was on the screen. So they were in our ear telling us like, okay, Abby High School on ball and now Sierra Brooks on ball. Like, this one's slow-mo, this one's full speed. And they're, like, telling – they're kind of, like, trying to describe who is on screen and, like, how it's happening. But I'm having to recall from memory 
what the routine looked like. What the routine looked like. And somehow, I think it actually kind of turned out decent. It kind of was iconic. Like, you actually, like, somehow pulled that one out. I don't know how. But it's not as good as it could have been. If I was actually seeing what was happening, it would change the whole, the layout of the commentary. Not only what I'm saying, but how I'm saying it. Yeah. You know, and those are just little things that people don't think about when commentating. But, like, when you're actually in those positions, you realize, like, how much you rely on actually having a screen to see what is going on. Yeah. The other big issue that we were having was... The biggest issue, I would say. Yeah, the biggest of all, the thing that really kind of threw the whole broadcast off as far as our perspective goes, was we had these headsets that made it so it was not only impossible to hear each other talking, which is a key... A critical aspect of a broadcast. Right, because Ashley, at one point, like, she was set on vol. She was setting me up to talk about something, and I'm over here, like, not responding because I can't freaking hear her. Yeah. And at the, it's funny, because you go to the start of the broadcast, and you can literally hear me start the broadcast by saying, I can't hear Ashley. And then they're like, go, 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 go. And then Ashley starts opening it up. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like it was chaotic in that sense, because I'm like, I'm telling them that I can't hear. And the other issue, which, in my opinion, was the biggest issue of all, was... There was a massive echo in our ears of our own voices. So basically, I would say something, you know, next up on vault, we have, you know, Sierra Brooks, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then as I'm saying that, I'm hearing my own voice repeat everything that I just said as I'm trying to move on to my next thought or my next next sentence or like even just form a thought in my head. Every time I spoke, I was having like an echo of my own voice loudly in my ears, which yeah. really ended up in in the end threw me off because in the opening of the broadcast, I was basically not even speaking English. And I knew it as I was talking. I'm sitting there like, oh my God, this is not good. I'm I'm not I'm choking. Like I'm not I'm not speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, I literally sounded like a sim. And it's embarrassing. Yeah. And I'm frustrated, even still now, clearly, you can tell a little bit. I'm trying to be, like, calm about it. But it's frustrating because we were there two and a half hours early, and I was telling this guy, there's a massive echo. I, I, I can't think. I can't talk. Me and Ashley were talking to each other before the meet started just to kind of get a feel for it. And right. Like, we're purposely having stupid, meaningless conversations, trying to, like... Make it better or get like, used to get it. Get used to it. Like, what did you eat for breakfast today? What's your favorite color? Like, just trying to, like, get used to talking to each and other. And I'm telling them. I told, I told them, like, probably, like, five times. Like, there's a really bad echo. Like, this needs to be fixed. And then he basically comes in my ear and says, like, I don't have the time to fix that right now. And then at that point, I kind of started to get, like, all right, whatever. Like, I'm just going to do my best. But then it ended up... I feel like it backfired in the end. Because yeah. then I'm the one that, you know, is jumbling up my words and... Saying <laughs> mush sim language that yeah. isn't even real English. Well, and, and also just not giving all the information that you had, not saying everything you wanted to say. And yeah, no, you. Then I, I held back after that because then I was like so flustered and embarrassed and like disappointed. Yeah, and I yeah, we were both after that. that I'm like point. saying the bare minimum. So then Ashley's doing most of the talking, and then my mic or Brittany's mic ended up going out. So my mic was the only one that we could use, and they told us to share the headset. Which I don't know how exactly you share a headset other than taking it off your head and holding the mic part of it up in between us. But like that means we can't like write anything down on our notes. We can't flip through our notes because we're focused on holding a headset. And it's just, it bothers me because they wouldn't, I highly doubt, they would treat a football or basketball broadcast like this. Yeah. Why? So why are they doing this to the gymnastics? Why are they doing this to the national champions, the number one team in the country? It's the University of Michigan. That's, you know, not some local community college has never 
had a sports broadcast before. Like, yeah, they can do better than this. I know that they can. And the university, most importantly, has the money to be able to produce quality streams and to have equipment to produce quality yeah, that, streams. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's the equipment for me. Like, why do we ha- why do we not have headsets that don't have this horrible echo in them? Yeah. Um, sins like that. It doesn't enable the commentator to do their job. Yeah. So you can probably tell why we're frustrated and how we kind of feel like we were set up to fail. And even if it wasn't intentional, we it were, wasn't intentional. I'm not w- saying it was intentional. Well, right. Maybe I should back up because I'm not trying to say it was intentional either. But it, we we, de- we still were definitely set up to fail. There's no way that broadcast was going to be what me and you wanted it to be or were capable of it. Yeah. And it got to a point when Britney's went out that I was basically just talking on my own. So it was no longer having conversations because I'm having conversations with myself. Um, trying to watch the meet from the rafters, pay attention to scores and update everyone on scores, um, look through my notes, trying to find the things that I had wanted to say about the athletes or the coaches or the storylines of the meets. Like, there were so many things I wanted to say that I didn't get to say. And then, of course, you know, you go online, you see people saying that, like, you're biased and stuff like that, which don't get me wrong. Like, we are big Michigan fans, and I think we've been branded that way. And I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. Um, but I do think that we were, we try to be fair and unbiased in our work. And we were definitely prepared to talk about Georgia in great depth and find the positive, even though they weren't even having a good meet necessarily, we were very much ready to like talk about the positive things and the key athletes. And yeah, we just didn't really get a chance to showcase that and, and the chance to get out everything that we had planned to say. So we were really disappointed by that. Um, I know there's a lot of our friends in the gymnastics world that were also very upset <laughs> Um, not only just with BTM Plus in general, but then knowing our experience on the production end of things and the commentary side of it. It all makes sense now, kind of. Yes. Um, so we did send an email to the powers that be and explained exactly what happened and let it be known that, you know, we will not commentate again under these circumstances. And we are supposed to be commentating the meet this Saturday with Arizona State and then as well as Michigan Senior Night Meet where Auburn's going to be there. Um, and we're hoping that we can do it because we are really excited about it. And we're yeah. so passionate about college gymnastics and Michigan. And it puts and us in a hard spot because, you know, we don't want to be put in a position where we sound like we're stupid or we don't know what we're talking about or whatever. You know, we don't want to be put in that position. But at the same time, like, this is our favorite team. They're a, a quality gymnastics team, clearly. They deserve passionate commentators they deserve people that care about the program they deserve people that want to put them in the best light possible and Brittany and I want to do that and I know the team knows that we're the people to do that for them like we've always been supportive of them and I don't want to let them down either by backing out because we had a bad experience so my hope is that you know after maybe having some conversations with people after this meet um, maybe we can resolve some of the issues that we had so it doesn't happen again. And that way we can be our best and give the team what they deserve. Well, and I think even just fighting for whoever in future meets ends up being the commentator, whether it's me or you, somebody else, it doesn't really matter who it is. I think it's letting people who are in higher positions know that there is a fan base for gymnastics. There are people that care about it. There right. are people that know a lot about it. There are people, whether you whether you realize it or not, there's people who are watching this meet. Yeah. And, and they're paying for it. Yes. And, like, that matters. And, like, they, they need to realize that. And so I, I hope that your email that you sent, which I think was beautifully worded, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Um, 
I hope that they take your concerns, our concerns, into consideration because people care. People and it care. matters. Yeah. And these athletes work so hard to have their, you know, their their time to shine. And this is their opportunity to showcase their talents to a large number of people. And they deserve the best. Yeah. And that is something that I emphasized in that email as well, is that, you know, this was the first meet of the season. There was nothing else going on as far as college gymnastics goes that day. Like, so a lot of people were tuning into this. And this was an opportunity for not only the gymnastics team, to be showcased but like even the school and like to show people what you're capable of producing these are the like, reigning national champions like here take a look at them it's, it, it was such a missed opportunity it's big on all ends and you know even going back and watching the replay of the meet the camera work was horrible the cameras were shaking to the point of it being like nauseating they were cutting away middle of routines like yeah. middle of someone's floor routine and not was, middle but like it would be like the ending like they would finish their last pass they did it in the middle of some routines. and they would shoot away and yeah. I'm like what are you doing so this was all stuff like it wasn't even just necessarily about the commentating on it was as a whole my email was like this is like something needs to be done this needs to be better like this absolutely is not acceptable for big 10 network and i don't care if it's btm plus like it's still part of the big 10 network as well as the university of michigan like it needs to be better so we're keeping our fingers crossed that you know hopefully things will get better in that regard and at the very least a positive from that the whole weekend really was michigan's performance Yes. They did amazing. They had a great meet. Yeah, they honestly, they brought me happiness yes. in that moment. I'm like, I may have been having a bad night, but my girls were having a good night. <laughs> Happy for them. It was actually Michigan's highest opening score in program history. So that's super exciting. It was 19775. I think I was most impressed with vaults. And bars and floor. I think if there was any event where we saw some nerves, it was beam. But I also am not surprised by that. That was the event that me and you, in our last episode, we talked about. Right. There was the most question marks. Right. With them losing Lauren Farley. She was the senior that graduated last year. And then now also Carly Bauman. You know, she was someone that was expected to be big in the all-around this season. But she was also really consistent in the beam lineup. So, they were losing essentially two routines there and a lot of new faces in the lineup with Naomi Morrison, Raina Gugino. They're the, you know, that was the first time they ever competed in the beam lineup. Yep. Um, there's, there's a lot of girls that don't have as much experience in the beam lineup other than Abby High School, Sierra Brooks, Natalie Wojcik, I'd say. The power, the power trio. Right. So that was probably the area where we, we did have some question marks. I mean, if there is, you know, even going throughout the season now, an area where there's going to be a little bit of a question mark for Michigan, it probably will be Beam. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought they looked really good everywhere else, and they didn't look bad on Beam. No, it's definitely an area. It's definitely an area of improvement, but... I was impressed with them as a whole. Um, Reina Gugino literally starting out the whole entire NCAA gymnastics season with a stock Yurchenko one and a half, which we weren't even sure was going to be in the lineup until after warmups because they were going back and forth between her and Abby Brenner. Yep. So for her to just kick everything off that way was super exciting, and she totally deserves that moment because she's amazing. Yeah, and she's improved so much. Mm-hmm. Not just even in her time at Michigan, but from coming to college as a level 10 athlete. Like, yeah. so many improvements. I don't think people realize, and I always forget this too, like she was originally committed to Eastern Michigan yeah. and then she got a full ride scholarship at University of Michigan and we weren't really sure coming in if how much she was going to contribute. We thought maybe like exhibition here or there, maybe a depth person here or there, but um, she's really, as you know, the months go on, she's just getting better and better and this season already is stepping up in new ways and that's so exciting to see. I think overall the most impressive thing though was just how, it was nice to see Michigan handle the pressure because 
you never know how a team is going to handle really the whole first season where they're coming in as national champions for the first time. Like this isn't something that Michigan is used to doing. Obviously they only won their first national championship last year. So really this whole season, I think it's just about how they handle that pressure and, you know, making sure it doesn't get to their heads or that they're putting too much pressure on themselves to, you know, go out and, you know, get a one eight right off the bat. So it was nice to see that they came out and had such a strong showing. Yeah, and they looked confident. I was really impressed by Abby High School. She's someone who has so much potential, and I think we really saw that last year in the postseason. She came through so big, and obviously we all know that she was the one that clinched the title for Michigan at the NCAA Championships. But she's upgrading floor. She's doing an Arabian double front now in her first pass, and that was the best I'd ever seen her land it yeah because like we've mentioned on the podcast before like we spent a couple days with Michigan in the gym and between that and the inner squads that they had like she was struggling with that pass and I truly didn't know if we were actually gonna actually like see it in the lineup yeah um I mean I figured she'd be in the lineup but I mean like I didn't know if we were gonna see that tumbling pass yeah um but then she busted it out and she actually did in warm-ups pretty well too but in competition that was the best that I think I've seen her do it yeah and she just had a solid meet overall I mean we know she's like textbook perfection on vault um is usually pretty good at sticking the landing bars she's solid beam was great as well and uh Flora yeah that's one of the best routines I've seen her do and especially given the upgrade so I was really impressed with her she was probably my standout performer of the meet it's impressive also to think about the amount of all-around talent Michigan has on their team. I was just going to say that. I think a lot of people, I've seen some people online talking about, you know, Michigan's roster is pretty small. They only have 13 girls on the team, but they have, like, tremendous all-around talent. Yeah. So it looks And some people like... are trying to twist it and make it a negative <laughs> thing, and I'm like, while I understand the cons to having a small roster, totally get that. Let's not act like Michigan having the five all-arounders that they have in their lineups right now is a problem. The reason why those five girls are in is because they're some of the best all-arounders in the nation. Right. They're in because you'd be stupid to not put them in the lineup. Yes. <laughs> like, like, they're all capable of going, for the most part, 9-9 plus on every single event right. they do. With the exception of maybe Naomi on beam because she's new to that lineup and we have obviously have not seen her do that quite yet. It's only been one meet. But, yeah, you could really say that they are some of the top all-arounders in the country, so... It's like, it's not really a weakness. Like, that's a really good thing. Yeah. <laughs> and they have options. Like, if you need to take Naomi out on beam or, you know, Gabby Wilson on beam or whatever. Like, if, if someone, even if someone just needs a break, like, they have people that can step into the lineups and that's a good thing. So, yeah, they have a small roster. Yeah, it seems like the whole lineup is basically the same five girls. That's because it <laughs> because is. Because it is. But... Um, I don't see that as a negative thing for Michigan. I think they're doing just fine. I think they proved that this weekend. Um, and a lot of people, I feel like, we talked about this in the last episode. I think people are really excited about teams like Florida and Utah because of the big names that they have coming in. And even though Michigan is the reigning NCAA champions, I do kind of feel like people are still sleeping on them a little bit. Oh, for sure. And I've wanted to to be saying stuff on Twitter this whole time, but I'm trying to hold back because I don't want to be branded as, like, the annoying Michigan fan. Right. Where, like, all you do is, like, gas them up and, yeah. Right. So I was... There's been so many times where I've, like, typed out a tweet and deleted it. Um, or, like, I'll type something out and I'll show it to Brittany and she's, like, just stop being, like, a bitch. Like... 
<laughs> okay, no. I'm, I'm not being no, a bitch. No, I'm not being, being a bitch, but I just, sometimes I I get tired of, like, ha- having the same conversations with people or, like, arguing with people yeah, or like saying people, something people that's going to think what they want to think. Like, for example, if you're a really big Utah fan or you're a really big Florida fan, there's nothing that I'm going to say about Michigan that's going to change your mind. You know, most people just have their opinions and their beliefs and they kind of stick to that. So I'm not one to really try and change somebody's opinion. Like we can have a brief conversation about our thoughts, but like ultimately you can think that your team is going to be the national champion. I can think that my team is going to be the national champion. That's how it's sp- all good. That's how sports works. Yeah. Honestly. Like it's like that in any other sport. Like people are just competitive people. That, it's, it's a part of the sport and, and having a fan base for a sport. Like it's, it's fun to have a favorite team and to root your team on and, you know, be a little cocky and act like your team's the best. Like it's, it's all just a part of the fun. It's a part of the experience. Yeah. Um, but I, I was just saying that I was a little bit surprised just looking online and seeing the amount of people that, seem to be underestimating Michigan a little bit, like putting them in their quote-unquote preseason rankings as like third. And and I get like Florida's really, really talented and Utah is really, really talented. There's a lot going on here in the NCAA. And I'm not saying that like everyone should have Michigan number one. That's the only right answer. But I was surprised by the amount of people that still seem to be underestimating Michigan a little bit. Yeah. And it was just funny to me how well they performed this weekend. But then everybody was talking about Michigan this weekend, and I loved that. Yeah. Like, I think now that they got that first meet out of the way, and they were the number one team, everyone is like, oh, yeah, okay, that's right, you are good. Like, they almost needed that reminder. Yeah. Because now everyone's, like, back on board again, it seems. Yeah. (laughs) It's a roller coaster as a Michigan fan, but I love it. I'm here for it. Yeah. I've been dreaming about this for Michigan for um, probably, like, the last, like, 12 years. Yeah, truly. Just to have the entire gym tonight, like, hyping Michigan up and talking about how great everybody is. Yeah. I'm like, yes, I've been seeing these qualities for years. Yeah. And I just told myself that, you know, I'm I'm just going to take a backseat. Like, I don't need to gas Michigan up. I'll let them go out there, and their gymnastics will speak for itself. And I think after week one, it did just that. (laughs) I will say real quickly, there were some people that were talking about not just scoring at Michigan, but, like, across all the meets this weekend. I do feel like there was some scores for Michigan that were probably a little bit high, um, and there was also some that I think were maybe just a tad low also. I feel like that's typical college gymnastics. Yeah. It's hit or miss. Um, Definitely some routines that I was kind of like, eh, I probably wouldn't have gone that high. Um, But some, like Naomi Morrison, this should have absolutely been higher on floor. Or Natalie on beam. I thought it was going to be a 10. I mean, I didn't think it was going to be a 10 because it was the first meet of the season. Yeah. That's the only reason why I didn't think it was going to be a 10. (laughs) Any other week, I'm like, where was the deduction? Reyna on vault was really, really good. She got a 9-9, which is a great score, but... You could have gone higher on that as well. Yeah. But again, she was in the leadoff spot, so that could have played into it as well. Right. Yeah. So just want to acknowledge that. Yes, of course, there's some scores that I think were probably a little bit too high. Some that I personally would have gone higher on. Welcome Um, to college gymnastics. Yes. (laughs) Do you want to talk about Georgia? Yes. So since we're so biased during the broadcast, maybe now we can try and be a little bit more unbiased. Right. Um, I didn't really know what to expect from Georgia coming into this. I mean, we saw them at their first look in her squad a couple weeks ago, and I think there was questions about Georgia's depth and if they were going to even have enough routines to be competing. And they've just, even in recent years, they've been struggling with injuries, it seems like, and that's back again this season. Yeah, in full force. Yeah. And I think it was worse now than it was even at their first look. Yeah. But there's more concerns now. Well, because they had Rachel Bauman doing the all-around at the first look, and then she only did beam, 
in the first meet of the season. And that was because she had a sprained elbow. So that's a really big loss for Georgia. And we talked to head coach Courtney Capetz-Carter the morning of the meet. And she said that she'll probably work floor next. And the rest of the events, they're just going to play it by ear. Um, kind of take it week by week, day by day and see, but that was somebody that could have been a really big all-around competitor. She was doing a Yurchenko one-and-a-half this season, or she was supposed to be doing it. Yeah. Um, and and they need that on ball. Yeah, that's something that Georgia needs. Um, Victoria Wynn is another one. A lot of people were wondering about her. Obviously, like, a super talented athlete as an elite gymnast, and also has dealt with injuries in her career at Georgia. Yeah, she rolled her ankle on floor, right before the first look, which is super unfortunate. But Courtney said that she's expected to start training bars this week, actually. So that's a plus. I'm glad that she's not out for the whole season. Yeah, me too. We were all really worried about yeah, that. Yeah, we we're all glad about that. And then the next event that she's going to be adding is Beam. Same with Rachel. It's kind of up in the air on the other events when she'll be back. But in my opinion, kind of based off of Courtney's tone and the way that she worded her response... I got the impression that she didn't think that Victoria would be back on any other event. Like she wasn't going to be in the vault lineup this season or the floor lineup. Yeah. She didn't explicitly say that, but that was my interpretation of, again, using her tone and the way that she worded her response that Victoria probably wasn't going to be back on the other events this season. Mm-hmm. And Rachel Lucas is another one that has done all around in the past. Courtney said that she's only going to be focusing on vault and floor this season it's her senior year and she has dealt with a lot of injuries in her career so I think that's probably a smart decision to scale her back vault and floor obviously are her best events and where Georgia needs her the most so I don't really see the use in trying to make her do bars or beam right um, if it's not needed they're not her highest scoring events anyways um, but it's good that she's going to be back on those, those two events this season because Georgia really needs as many working, functioning members of their team as they can get on the competition floor. Yep. Nyla Bryant, she was one of the first logs I was really impressed with. Her potential on fall and floor, also she did beam. It was a rough beam routine at the first look, but um, I definitely saw the potential in her to be mm-hmm. someone that could be a big at least three event contributor, and she was in a boot and on a scooter. So we don't know the extent of her injuries. Um, Courtney didn't mention her, and we didn't think to ask about it. So we got to the meet and saw that. Um, So we don't really know what was up with her, but it does look like it's – Probably something more severe. Yeah. And we didn't talk to Courtney specifically about the freshmen, but it, from what I've heard, it sounds like a lot of the freshmen are dealing with injuries as well. Um, Sarah Cohen, we did see in an exhibition routine. Riley Milbrandt, we saw at Georgia's first look. She also is now injured. Her mom commented that in a Facebook group. Um, and it sounds like the rest of the freshmen as well are also coming back from injuries. So there's just a lot of girls on this team right now that are out for the count, at least right now. And I feel bad for Courtney, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting because, you know, typically you see a head coach that's very, um, I don't even, I guess I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Like, I know what I'm trying to say, but I don't know how to put it into words. I found it interesting that, you know, it's the first minute of the season and, and I'm asking her about, like, goals and stuff and how she's feeling about the team and the, the depth on the team this year. And her answers are very, like, postseason focused. And that's a really sad thing when it's the first meet of the season and you're like, we'll be better by postseason. Like, yeah. she's really holding out for the fact that she's going to get, like, half of her team back in the postseason. But yeah. I'm like, what about the whole season? Like, you, in order like, to get to the postseason. How are you going to get to the postseason 
I mean, obviously they could, as long as COVID doesn't take them out like it did last year, they'll, they'll get to the SEC championships. But like, as far as regionals and stuff like that, like what you do during the season matters. So it was a little bit sad, I guess. <laughs> I don't know the word to use. Yeah. Um, interesting, I guess. It's first minute of the season and we're already talking about postseason for your team because you just, you're struggling so much right now with putting lineups together. This team is good in the sense that they have a lot of elite level talent. They have girls that are really good and can score very well. Oh, absolutely. They're just not healthy. And I think at this point, they're also not confident. Like they're probably feeling like they're a part of the worst team in the SEC, gymnastics wise at least. And the football team is doing good. <laughs> we don't want to talk about that part though. Yeah, they beat Michigan. <laughs> but, you know, I think the team, they're their energy. And they feel defeated already. Yeah. Right from the start. Yeah. And that, we've seen that happen with other teams before. Um, when you're going into a season already feeling defeated or like you've lost or like this isn't going to go well, um, it's going to be a rough season. And um, I can't help but feel like it's going to be that way for Georgia again. And it's so sad because that's a program that used to be so fantastic. Yeah. And when we first started watching college gymnastics, ironically, it was Georgia and Courtney Capetz Carter that really got us into college gymnastics. Yeah. Well, she was Courtney Capetz at the time, but <laughs> Courtney Capetz Carter now. Um, it was her. Like, she was the reason that we got into college gymnastics. So yeah. um, it was cool to talk to her, and it was really cool to, you know, see her team competing in Michigan. Not something – that's typically not a matchup that we see yeah. here in Ann Arbor. So – Really disappointed that Georgia didn't have the showing that they wanted. Their goal, actually, another thing we didn't get to say on the broadcast, was that their goal for that meet was to hit all of their routines. Yes. Um, so I was really sad that they didn't get to do that. Um, a positive that I kind of took away from it, though, was, for the most part, I felt like when they made mistakes, they bounced back. For example, on vault, Amanda Cashman had a fall. Everybody else came through. Michaela McGee, there was a really big question mark going into the meet if she was going to do the Yurchenko full or the one and a half. She was warming up one and a halfs and fulls and ended up doing the one and a half in competition. Yeah, Courtney, and did it actually pretty well. Yeah, it was it was really good. Um, step forward on the landing, but a like, little bit off to the side too, if I remember correctly. But her form was clean, and yeah, you can see the potential there. I mean, she has a career high of nine nine two five on that event. Actually, last season I pretty sure it was the first meet of the season at the very least it was the first time she did the your one and a half and she stuck it and got the 9925 so. i remember because she was on our fantasy team <laughs> yes and then she got injured and then it sucked but um that was a big surprise courtney kind of honestly made it sound like she was probably going to end up doing the full so i was pleasantly surprised to see her going for the difficulty and doing that one and a half yep Haley dion stuck her your full and megan roberts stuck her your one and a half so I feel like Vault could be a bright spot for this team, especially if they can get Soraya Hawthorne back into the lineup. She is training the Yurchenko one and a half. Courtney just said it's a little bit inconsistent right now, so they're they're really trying to build her confidence up on that event before they get her back in the lineup. But that is something that they are hopefully going to have for postseason. Yes, and then it's really unfortunate for them to lose Rachel Bauman and her one and a half because that was looking really good, but I guess we'll keep our fingers crossed and just see what happens with that, but... I feel like they have potential to be good on vault. They also have Abby Ward's Sukful, which is a 10-0 start value. So, yeah, it's, that, that's a good event for them. It can be a good event for them. That was one of the highlights on their end, at least in my perspective. Um, despite having that fall from Cashman, I feel like the other vaults were pretty good. Yeah. 
Um, and I feel like on bars too, they had a couple weak spots, but I think to see people bouncing back when, when somebody would make a mistake, the next person would go up and they would hit. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a nice thing to see too. And I also like the determination of the team. I mean, I can't imagine what it's be, what it's like to be on a team where, you know, you don't have the greatest track record in recent years and, you know, last season didn't go how they wanted. They had their lowest finish as a team since, what was it, like 1983, I think? Yeah, that was one of the things I botched in the beginning. <laughs> during my uh, sim spiel (laughs) but you know they're coming in not off of the greatest season yeah and i like the team's fight and determination how they're not giving up i I would imagine that's pretty hard it's a hard position to be in a story that i really liked from talking to courtney was abby ward on bars and she didn't really have the greatest routine (laughs) at the meet but you know, she, it sounds like she's never really liked doing bars. It's never been her event. And she did it twice last season, but then decided to stop training bars, um, was kind of done with it. It was scary for her, Courtney said. Yeah. And, um, ended up deciding to put her grips back on when some girls went down with injuries and decided that she needed to like step up for the team. Yeah. And it's nice to have someone on the team that takes initiative like that and comes to the coach and says like, Hey, basically like, I don't want to be doing this. I'm terrified, but I'm going to do it for my team. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was really inspiring. So I, I like the fight from this team. Yeah. And, and that's what Courtney really was saying, too. That's I don't know if I ever, like, finished my thought. Sometimes I start a thought and then I jump to something else. <laughs> when we asked Courtney for the strength of the team, she ended up basically saying that. Just, like, the team and who they are as people and their drive and their passion and their will and their grit to keep going um, is a very positive thing, and I would agree with that. So our hope for Georgia this season, honestly, is just that they can stay healthy, get healthy for the ones that aren't, And, um, you know, hopefully things get better for them. We want that for them. Um, It's not fun to watch a team struggle, especially when they used to at one point in time be the top team in the whole country. And it's painful when you know they're capable of so much more. Yeah. This is a team with a lot of talent. They just need some confidence and some good health. So that's what we're hoping for for Georgia this season. Other meets that happened this weekend, LSU versus Centenary. That was a really exciting matchup because Centenary is a Division Three school, and I don't know if we've ever seen, and someone correct me if we're wrong, but I don't know if we've ever seen a Division Three school on Friday Night Heights, essentially like primetime coverage. Yeah. I don't think so. We occasionally see smaller teams like that competing at bigger schools every once in a while, but never on SEC Network, Friday Night Heights. That was a huge opportunity for them. Yes. Um, How cool to be able to compete. I mean, they're from Louisiana, but how cool to be able to compete in front of such a big crowd. I mean, they, they don't get that at Centenary. And <laughs> Did you have a comment? You said that John Roethlisberger made I, I missed it, but... Okay, so I didn't hear it either, so I can't give you verbatim what it was, but I did see people on Twitter talking about it. Apparently, John Roethlisberger said something along the lines of, you know, these girls probably, like, dreamed of being at LSU, and then now here they are at Centenary. <laughs> Like, as if, like, I don't think you meant You wanted to be an LSU Tiger, but you're so shitty, so you just had to wind up settling for Centenary. Like, that's how it came across. I don't think he meant it like that, obviously, but. No, I think what he was trying to say, and he he fumbled, he he dropped the ball, if you will. I think he was trying to say, like, they probably dreamed of being at LSU competing in that environment, and now look at them here. They they are are. doing it, right? Yeah, (laughs) not like, you wanted to be at LSU, and now you're at Centenary. What is that supposed to mean? Okay, yeah, like what? Am I not good enough? (laughs) Um, But I agree. It was it was cool to see a team that's you know a Division three 
team competing in such a big environment, getting some attention. That was really cool. Some scary moments in that meet. Uh, one of the girls on floor, the second to last girl. Sorry, I don't have her name on me right now, but um, she had a really scary fall on her last tumbling pass. Was really close to snapping her neck. Like she, she basically did land on her head, and I think she picked her head up and like flipped it around just in time to not do some serious damage. That's Hopefully, so I mean I shouldn't say that because I don't know what her status is. She did get up and finish the routine. Um, I'm hoping that she's okay. Probably just a little bit rattled. Yeah. Um, that was truly terrifying. Yeah, and I'm surprised that Alicia and John didn't react more to it because me yeah. and you were like, <gasps> like, <laughs> oh yeah, I was I was scared watching it live and even going back and watching the replay. It it was terrifying. And then they showed it in slow mo too, and I'm like, ooh, like can we not? Right. It was it was. We don't need to see like potential injuries in slow motion. It was scary. But shout out to Centenary, honestly. For showing up at this meet, they weren't originally supposed to be at this competition. They weren't supposed to start their season until a week or two. I think the following week they were supposed to have their inner squad and then start. So they hadn't even had their inner squad yet. And they showed up because West Virginia couldn't compete. COVID, of course. So, um, like, shout out to them for showing up and rising to the occasion. I mean, it wasn't, like, their best gymnastics. But, I mean, what an opportunity for them. Yeah, and given the circumstances. Yeah. I, I think it was great. And their head coach, this is her last season, so how cool for her, too, to be in that environment and get some national recognition. In regards to LSU, they started out amazing on vault and uneven bars. I was like, okay, LSU. Like, I didn't really know what to expect from them too much this season because we didn't really get to see a whole lot of them in preseason. But they came out on fire on vault and uneven bars. Super happy to have Kai Rivers back. Yeah. She nailed her vault and her bar routine. She's someone that I'm hoping we'll be able to see in other events later in this season because... Floor in particular, she was phenomenal as a level 10 gymnast mm-hmm. on that event. And I know she did beam at their inner squad, so... She could be an all-arounder. Oh, absolutely. So really excited to see, not her, not only her just back out there, but then, you know, with the possibilities that may be coming in the future for her. And then the freshman, KJ Johnson. Yep. Um, Hi. Her Yurchenko fault was massive. It gave off massive... Alex McMurtry energy. Yeah. Like, it was really good. Like, big air. She flared it out. Stuck it. Got a 9-9. Well, and she also was training a Yurchenko double. I believe yes. we said that in our last week. Our, not, our, not last week. Last episode in our preview. She is training a double. Not sure if we'll see it this season. But either way, her fall is definitely one that they're going to want. And lineup. if she can stick it, like, that is a 9-9 plus score every time. Yep. So, I mean, hey, if you can do a fall really well, you know, why not? <laughs> There's no need to go for the difficulty when you're so, like technically perfect and consistent right same with like kai rivers like yeah th- those foals are good enough to be in a lineup yes um floor as well she was great also got a 9-9 there so like what a way to come out in your first meet ever to get nine nines on both of your events yeah um, and she's not even the big name from that class she's so underrated we've all been talking about Aaliyah finnegan and tori tatum and kind of wondering like what's her deal when will she be back but then kj johnson kind of just like came out of nowhere it seems yeah we actually have her on our freshman fantasy team because i was starting to get the hunch that she was gonna be a sleeper and that she was going to be in our league still because nobody else was really expecting a whole lot from her. You can see into the future. I what feel is like, that? is that a psychic? Yeah. A psychic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They can see into the future. Well, that's you. <laughs> Apparently. I mean, I like to tell myself that. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but I knew that at least on vault, she was going to be really good. And then floor kind of surprised me a little bit, but 
super happy to see her out there, and I'm super glad that we have her on our fantasy team. Me one too, me too. Um, Aaliyah Finnegan, you mentioned, she was sick, so she didn't get to compete this meet, but it sounds like she's going to be back next weekend, so that'll be exciting to see her debut. Yeah, I was going to say, Vol and Bars were amazing, but Beam and Flo were kind of subpar for LSU, and I feel like it has a lot to do with some of their key contributors or people that we thought were going to be in lineups weren't necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, Leah Finnegan is one. I expected her on at least bars and beam, also floor most likely. So we didn't see her there. Hopefully she's okay and she'll be back next week. Sammy Durani, she was on bars. She's training all around this year, Jay said. And something kind of weird happened. She, I guess she bent her finger and on the uneven bars, like during the routine, like if you watched the meet, you, you saw it. She well, was, right, she didn't finish the routine. Right, she was doing her transition down to the low bar and I guess bent her finger on the bar. Not quite sure exactly what happened. It was really kind of hard to see it on the broadcast, but in the press conference after the meet, Jay said that like her hand, or not her hand, her finger was stuck. Yeah, like bent downwards. Yeah. And that they had to like pry her hand open. And it hurt really bad. You could tell she was in a lot of pain. Yeah. I was like, can we get the camera off her, please? Because I she, know. she looked like she was in a lot of pain. Like she did not look well. I'm like, this poor girl. Yeah. In that post-meet conference, Jay said that um, she did have like some sort of forearm injury, and he's expecting there to be some recovery time for that. He obviously doesn't know what at this point in time, but he's not expecting her to be back next week is basically what I gathered from that. He thinks that she's going to have to like get looked at, obviously figure out what it is, and it's going to take some time for her to be back, which is unfortunate because that's a big loss for LSU. Yeah. Well, and also given that... Kaya Johnson isn't on the floor right now. Um, I believe they said like sometime in February, maybe mid-February, that she would be back. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're out her right now. And then we didn't see Haley Bryant on the floor either. We saw her during the meet icing her heel. Um, so hopefully that's not anything serious because those are some big people that can bring in big scores that they don't have in the lineups. Yeah. And of course, like, let's not be dramatic. It's the first meet of the season. <laughs> like, they all come back fine and by postseason, fingers crossed, they'll hopefully have, like, everybody that they need to be in contention for the national title. Yeah. Because obviously they're a team of that caliber. Yeah. I was going to say, once they get all that figured out, they're going to be on fire and I, I'm not going to have too many concerns with them. I expect them to be, as always, one of those teams that's in the mix. Yeah. Um, Florida also competed on Friday. They looked amazing from what we saw. We had a lot of different streams up, so it was one of those things where we're kind of catching bits and pieces of different meets that were happening. Florida was a quad meet, so there was split screens, and it was hard to watch all of the action when you were kind of looking at one tiny little box. Yeah. Well, and then um, also we had, like, Auburn going on at the same time, and that's when LSU's meet was happening, so it was a lot to watch. Yeah, so I, I didn't... I watched Florida, but there was definitely routines that I didn't see. But Sloane Blakely, she won all around in her debut. She got a 9.95 on beam, which is super impressive because I feel like that's not even her best event. Yeah. I associate her with vaults and floor. Yeah. I feel, I mean, obviously she's an incredible all arounder, but like, I, I thought that one of those events when she would come out the gate and getting like a 995 and would be like, May- oh yeah, she's a vaulter, she's a floor worker. And then beam, I'm like, okay, girl, maybe, but I. I think I might. I would argue on that. I think she is kind of good on beam. No, I'm just not saying that she's not good okay. on beam. All right, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just saying I didn't <laughs> expect beam to be the first 995 that she got. Okay, fair. <laughs> I do feel like she is kind of a beam queen, though. She was in her elite days, I feel like. Just like her sister Sky is, too. They're just... Yeah. They're beamers. So, 
Um, I know what you're saying, though. Like, she, we've been seeing her stick vaults in the preseason. Yeah. I guess you would maybe out the gates expect her to, like, get a big score on vault or something. I was surprised that it was Beam, but I'm totally yeah. here for it. I love that for her. We also saw Riley make her debut on bars. Ah, oh, so, so beautiful. A uh, little, not a mistake on the dismount. She needs to get a little more uh, precise on the landing. Yeah, the dismount. I don't know with that dismount that she's doing the double front half out. Um, we're so used to seeing people like Savannah Shane here stick it. Who else did that? Anastasia Webb did that dismount as well. Yeah, um, and they really like finish that twist high. They have plenty of time to come down and land. And we know Riley can stick it because she was doing it in her new elite routine ever since she's been at Arizona Sunrise. So, I know she can stick it. Didn't get that stick in this first meet, but... It's coming. Yeah, and it was a beautiful routine. Leanne Wan also had her debut. She did three events. So, there was a lot of new faces also, I wanted to say, in Florida's lineups, yeah. which I wasn't expecting. Some people, again, injuries. It seems like everyone's kind of having that problem. It's really unfortunate because, yeah, Florida had Ellie Lazari. Um, she's a little dinged up, Jenny said. Expected to be back on at least one or two events next week. Trinity didn't do the all around she's still working back so that allowed some new people to step in and kind of get some time in the lineups yeah chloe clark is a sophomore and this is the first time we've seen her competing in front of a florida crowd i want to say she exhibition bars one time um, um she may have honestly. i, I want to say she did someone feel free to correct me i guess if i'm wrong but my point is we've never seen her in the actual lineup i know that for certain and Brie Edwards is another one. Yep. And she did really good on Vault. So it was it's nice to see some new faces. I feel like Vault was a really strong event for Florida. Trinity Thomas deserved a 10. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I thought she was. I was totally cool with that, getting a 10. Like You're I, like, sure. First meet of the season. Go for it. Well, I thought that way. Like we said already, I thought that way with Natalie Wojcik on Beam too. But yeah, um, Trinity, that's the only event that she doesn't have a 10 on to get that. You know, she needs a 10 there to get that perfect perfect uh all four event gym slam yeah you're like struggling you're like what is it it's gym slam <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah that's the only event she needs the 10 on and i i was like that's it like that could be a 10 it yeah it wasn't whatever it's coming it's fine <laughs> also Alyssa bowman on floor got a 9975 it was yeah. a little bit overscored in my opinion um but she, the amount of 9975s that girl has got <laughs> is truly criminal. It's so unfair. At this rate, yeah, just, give, just, her, give, her just give her the 10 because I'm sick of seeing 9975 next to her name. Right. <laughs> Agreed. But going back to Val, I just wanted to say, because in our preview, we talked about how, you know, a team like Michigan, they're really good at finding those vault landings. And a team like Florida, they have the capabilities to also be great on vault. But we don't always see those landings from them. And I feel like they heard us. They must have been listening to our podcast because I feel like they came out on Friday and they had better landings on ball. Naya Reeds was really great. Obviously, like we just said, Trinity's was great. Um, there were some faults that we didn't see because it would like cut away on the feed. But they have a lot more in the tank on that event. And I yeah. feel like already what we're seeing, I'm really liking. Yeah. Um, another person I want to shout out, one of our podcast guests, Leah Clapper. She was someone that I think a lot of people weren't sure about, especially with all the talent on Florida's team this year. And I've seen people on Twitter, like, taking her out of their lineups. And, and you're like, don't do that. She went out there and got a 995. <laughs> she, she said, don't do that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't say that. She literally went out there and single-handedly said, 
Shut up. <laughs> Put me in your fantasy gym lineup. Yes. So she went 995. That was amazing. Megan Skaggs, 995 on floor. That was a career high. Just a lot of good stuff from Florida. I was impressed by them. And, you know, I think they're proving that they're going to be one of the top teams in the nation. You know, I think we said Michigan proved that. I think Florida proved that as well. And Utah as well. They yeah. also looked amazing. I feel like their scores didn't reflect that. Yeah, there was a lot of scores that I'm like, they, I don't have Utah score written down normally in prepping for these things. I write down scores. I didn't do Utah for some reason, so sorry, Utah. I don't feel like looking it up right now. But they got like a 1971 something, I think. I'll look it up. You keep talking. It was it just over a 197. So scoring was lower at the best of Utah meet than it was at anything else this weekend. I will say that. A lot of positives, though, to take away. We saw more one and a halfs from the vault lineup, and that was something that in our preview we were kind of like, we knew it was going to happen. Like, we knew they had them, and it would be fine. But, you know, they only did a bunch of foals that almost kind of looked like timers at their Red Rocks preview. Like they yeah. were doing foals that had a lot of power and a lot of people were like, ah, oh, season is in two weeks. What are you doing? But th- they really came out and showed that like, again, there's nothing to be worried about. Yeah. Same like Leah Clapper energy. They were literally like, shut up. We're fine. <laughs> yeah. Vault was a great event. Um, Grace McCallum, she anchored. Still not really sure how I feel about that vault. I'm still yeah. kind of like she on the d- fence. She did it well. It's just personally, it's not my favorite style of vault. It's just a personal preference, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but she did anchor, which is great. Kara Aker, beautiful. Um, Her triple twist on floor. I have, the, yes. I have that written down as the highlight of the entire night. <laughs> Actually, no, I think Trinity's Vault was the highlight of the entire night. Well, maybe I can give it to Carrie Aker. Maybe she deserves that. I feel like I'll let her have the highlight of the night. Yeah, Trinity has a lot of, like, shining moments. We'll give Kara this one. Although, she has plenty of shining moments coming in her career, too. Yeah, true. She's just getting started. Uh, But keeping our fingers crossed that we're not really sure what happened with her. They didn't show it, but we heard that her hand slipped on Vault in the warm-up going into the third rotation. Yeah. And... I guess she landed on her head. Yeah, I'm hearing conflicting reports. Um, we're just basing it off of people who were in the arena and what they saw. But there's a possibility that she may have hit her head. And she was taken away from the arena, checked out. We don't know her status yet. Tom Varden also said afterwards that he didn't know the extent of her injury. So definitely hoping that she's okay because she's someone that I know everyone is really excited about having in college gymnastics. I was excited to hear that she was warming up vault because I thought maybe that meant she was going to go. That's something that we didn't see in their inner squad meet yeah so keeping our fingers crossed we'll let you guys know if we end up hearing anything else but um real quickly i looked up the score for utah i want to say it's a 1971 so i was right didn't i say 1971 i don't remember i did say that i swear everyone go back and listen (laughs) did i say 1971 when i listen to this through again i'm gonna be like I was right. You'll give yourself a round of applause. Yeah. But that's a really impressive score. Um, and, and like we said, they that score should have been higher. Could have been higher, yeah. Well, and here's the thing. Let me say this. I feel like their scoring was actually probably accurate. And maybe you could say that other teams, such as Michigan or Florida, at some points are a little bit high. That's fair. Um, So that's where it's hard. Because like Utah was low. They were scored low in comparison to everybody else. Um, but I don't necessarily think that Utah was, like, the scores were, like, outrageously low. Like, what are you doing, judges? Like, I was, like, kind of, like, okay, I could see how they got to that score. But then it's also, like, when you compare that to routines and other meets that were happening across the country and you have people going, you know, 9-9 or 9-9 plus with certain routines. Yeah, it, it can be a little bit confusing and frustrating at times. Yeah. Um, But that's gymnastics. We've 
we we deal with this every year. Like right. every year, we talk about these same things. But the true gymnastics fans, they know Utah. We see you. We know that you're you're up there. Right. Like you're you're right in this. I wanted to say I think that Beam was the best event. They have so many Beamers. Yeah. Like this like, is a good really event. Good on that and event. I feel like in recent years, at least, they've been good on Beam. Like they've been known as a Beam team. Yeah. Um, but they're continuing that. They have an entire lineup that can go nine nine plus, like easily, no questions asked. Yeah. Which not many other teams, actually, I would say no other team can say that. Maybe Florida. Florida could do it. Um, Florida and Utah definitely are the best beam teams in the entire nation. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to see, you know, what this team is going to continue to do going forward. And of course, hoping that Kara Aker is okay. Mm-hmm. One of the highlights of the whole weekend, of course, was SUNY Lee's college debut. Yeah. I wasn't really sure with her what we were going to get because obviously, I mean, she won the Olympic all-around title and then she was doing Dancing with the Stars and she was at the Met Gala. I mean, she's had all these things going on and, you know, I didn't know if she was going to slowly transition to college or like, you know, maybe start off doing like just exhibitions and doing like watered down routines. She's like, nope. She came out, she did bars, she did beam. It was really, really good. She hit her heel on the bars. Yeah. So she only got like a nine seven five, I think. And then her beam was a nine eight two five, I believe. But I mean, she is gonna be great. <laughs> and how cool is it to see the Olympic all around champion doing college gymnastics? I really woke up this morning and had a moment where I thought about it and I'm like, Whoa, we've never seen this before. That's that was history. Yeah. It's so cool, and the new NIL rules allow for athletes to make money and profit and also still do college gymnastics. So I think it's great that the athletes don't have to choose anymore. Yeah. And SUNY can really get the best of both worlds, so I think that that's great. Score for SUNY Lee, by the way, on beam was a 9.875. Okay, and then what was her bars? 9.775. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, obviously... Pretty good. Pretty good, given the fact that she had her feet on the bar. And, and she's going to be doing so much better than that when she actually gets into the swing of things and kind of adjusts to college fully. Yeah. She is going to be getting like nine, nine plus scores, probably like tens. I was going to say, I was going to say, I think she's going to be a 10 all machine. You think she'll be the first 10 of the season? Ooh, that's a good question. I think, yeah, I could see that happening. Mm -hmm. Or Trinity Thomas. I'm going SUNY, to be honest with you. Yeah. I I think my gut is saying SUNY too, but we'll see. What do you, what do you guys think? Who do you think is going to be the first 10 all of the season? Or Natalie. I think Natalie has one coming, too. Oh, yeah, Natalie. How about all of them? All of them at the same time. Yeah. (laughs) I like that idea. (laughs) Also wanted to give a shout-out to UNC. They got their highest season opening score in program history with 195.7. And they also broke their attendance record. Woohoo! I'm guessing that had something to do with SUNY Lee being there. SUNY Lee effect. I think, yeah, because I I think Matt James from The Bachelor was there. That Um, is so cool, though. Yeah, they had, like, she was, SUNY was drawing in, like, the big names. Not that Matt James is a big name. Let's be real. I'm actually not caring about him. But, like... And I guess it's cool for the people who go to that school to be like the bachelor, former bachelor. Was right, it feels like you have a celebrity at your meet. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's cool. Um, I do think it's it's hard to celebrate attendance records in these times. It is. <laughs> yeah, you're totally right. Um, like it's you want to celebrate it, like it's cool, but then it's also like you're like, do we the, want the beat of sweat? Like, should we be having fans? Yeah, should we be doing this? Um, so that is in the back of my mind, but um, I guess. Congrats to UNC. I mean, it's their first season under Dana. Do- I almost said Dana Duckworth. 
<laughs> Thank goodness it's not. It's their first season under Dana Durante. And I also want to say I love seeing Amelia on the sidelines. Yes. I love Amelia. So glad she's back out there coaching. Because she was at Florida in 2021. Yeah. She was at UNC last year. Was she? She was. Yeah. She did one year at Florida. And then she went to... But she graduated in 2020. No, I'm right. She graduated in 2020, dude. As you can tell, guys, we've had a, a pretty uh, crazy week. It, it was a really weird week. Um, usually we kind of plan more for podcast episodes. We decided just to sit down and talk for this one. Yeah. So we, we are, I guess, a little bit unprepared in terms of our facts, but um, just kind of wanted to talk about this first weekend of college gymnastics and, you know, give our impressions. So this is Amelia's first me. Thank you. Okay. All right, so my, you're, bu- you're buying dinner tonight? My apologies. I don't don't consent to that, <laughs> but I do apologize. Um, Yeah, so I think, obviously, with COVID, there's a lot going on in the world right now, and I'm sure you guys are all feeling it, too. Um, I think mentally, we're all just tired. I think we're stressed. I think we're worried about ourselves. We're worried about our loved ones. Um, well, my coworker said this. I feel like the world is kind of traumatized right now. Totally. And it'll, it'll be interesting to see how we bounce back from it or if we can bounce back from it. I don't even know. <laughs> um, I, I believe that we will um, at some point, but that's just me. I'm, I tend to be more optimistic. Um, I feel like you have to be or else you kind of lose it <laughs> a little bit. So you, you have to try and like think of the positive and like – believe that there's a um a a better direction that we're going in um it's hard at times though and i think yeah we're all kind of just feeling that a little bit it's makes my brain feel a little foggy yeah it's hard it's hard some days to concentrate it's hard to get motivated um it's scary just knowing what's going on in the world worrying about not only myself but the people that i love Mm -hmm. um it's scary knowing that like and maybe this is just me because I have really bad anxiety, particularly about medical staff. But just knowing that the hospitals are overwhelmed, and- overwhelmed, and you know you could need help and not necessarily get it because you know there's no one to help you, and it's just it's just scary stuff that we've never been faced with before. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We've we've kind of in a lot of our recent episodes talked about just what's going on in the world and even with ourselves. It's. Yeah, I feel hard. like we've been talking a lot more about mental health, but, and I know this is a gymnastics podcast, but I do feel like it's important to talk about it because I think it helps to normalize things for people. Like, if, of course, if you're listening to a mental health podcast or you're listening to your therapist or whatever, you're going to be expecting conversations around mental health and you're going to be kind of, um, those, those feelings that you feel are going to be validated in that way and you're going to expect that. But I think to also have your feelings be validated and in a setting that you weren't expecting it. Mm-hmm. can also be helpful for people at least for me yeah like I um when I hear that somebody else is going through something similar to me or you know somebody else is also struggling and I maybe wasn't expecting to have that conversation with that person then I'm kind of like oh like maybe I'm not alone you know yeah. what I mean yeah um so I hope that like even when we do kind of sometimes bring up mental health stuff we just want to be real with you guys because we are two people that very much struggle with anxiety and depression and on we also a daily basis. <laughs> and we also try and keep it real with people. Like we're not one to sugarcoat something. Right. Or... Like if I feel like I'm even if I'm not doing my best or I'm not putting out my best work, I want the people that I'm working with to know, like, hey, like I am not really well right now. <laughs> and that might be why, you know, I'm I'm not doing I'm not showing up my best. I think it's just important to acknowledge those things. So 
And it's a good message with what's going on in the world right now. Yes. We hope that you're all doing okay. Um, and kind of, I guess, wrapping it, we'll bring it back to gymnastics for the ending. Um, I guess we should say this too. Um, we're recording this on Saturday at three o'clock. So there is a big meet tomorrow. It's Alabama versus Oklahoma that we will not be discussing right here in week one, just because tomorrow we have stuff going on. Yeah, we're not going to have a chance to sit down and record and edit and all of that. So We're going to watch, of course. We're going to watch, but in order to get this episode up for you guys, we had to record it today and have it edited. So that means we missed that meet. So yeah, sorry we're, about that. We're not purposely trying to ignore those two teams. But no, not at all. It, we, If anything, we'll just talk about it next week if we have an episode. But we're kind of just taking things with ourselves week by week as well. Um, yeah. So um, bringing it back to gymnastics, though. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty in the world and I am glad that we have week one of gymnastics under our belts. Um, it was great to see all of these teams back out there. There's still a lot of people that I'm looking forward to seeing like Jade Carey, her freshman debut, unfortunately was canceled. Leah Smith, several of the Arkansas freshmen was really looking forward to seeing Arkansas competed, but they had several gymnasts. I'm assuming because of, uh, covid protocols they must have either been around somebody that was positive or maybe one of them themselves was positive we don't really know the specifics but hoping that everybody's okay there um because i'm really excited about that freshman class alex theodora from asu so much talent and so many people that i'm still looking forward to seeing so we've made it through week one here's to week two let us know what your guys's thoughts were from week one and who you're excited to see and as always our DMs are always open, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, podcast account, triple twist account, even our personal accounts. We sometimes get people to message us on our personal accounts and we don't care about that either. Like <laughs> we're fine with that. Yeah. Um, However you want to talk, whether it's about gymnastics or like life stuff, um, yeah. we're, we're all friends here. So, and I think I've been, I think the reason why I'm getting all like mushy and sentimental like this is because we had like a really rough week, not just because of the broadcast, but also just with stuff with life and the world and what's going on and we had so many nice messages from people like genuinely like people messaging us such nice things yeah. and um it really did like turn my mood around like for example the day after the broadcast i'm gonna be straight up honest with you i woke up crying um i cried twice that morning and i looked at my phone and there was dms and just people like in our mentions um being so nice to us and i appreciate that you guys do that for us so i also want to like send the love back to you and i want you to know that we appreciate you and we think about all of you often and hope that you're doing well and if you ever need anything please just let us know we want to be there for you as well so we're gonna wrap this up because i'm like we're we're going down deep tangents here <laughs> We hope you guys enjoyed week one of College Gymnastics, and we're really excited and looking forward to week number two. Thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it, and we hope to be back within the next two weeks. We want to keep doing updates on the College Gymnastics season, of course, but also throwing in some interviews as well. We mentioned an interview at the end of the last episode we put out, and we're still hoping to do that. We had... A scheduling conflict, I guess, if you will. Again. <laughs> yes. Um, so cross your fingers. <laughs> we're still planning for that and hoping that it will happen. So you guys can stay tuned for that. In the meantime, enjoy college dramatic season. And we'll talk to you in the next episode. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.